It's a famous phrase and a terrible translation. Hail Mary, full of grace. It's the first line of a famous prayer said by a billion Roman Catholics around the world. But it's, a not, it's not a good rendering of Luke chapter 1, verse 28. It makes it sound as though Mary is a repository of some spiritual substance called grace. Hail Mary, full of this thing called grace. And if we believed that, then we might seek deposits of grace from the Blessed Virgin. Yet that's not right. It is right to call her the Blessed Virgin Mary. After all, Elizabeth does in Luke chapter 1 and verse 42. She says, blessed are you among women. It is right to call her the Blessed Virgin Mary. It's also right to call Mary the Mother of God. She does indeed bear the Son, who is, in the words of Isaiah chapter 9, the Mighty God. She is, of course, the Mother of God. So it's right to call her the Blessed Virgin Mary, and it is right to call her the Mother of God. But it's not right to call on her as some storehouse of heavenly blessing. Mary is not full of grace. She is graced by God. She is highly favored, as the modern translations put it. The angel says, greetings, you who are highly favored. That's really how to translate this verse. If we're looking for someone who is full of grace, if we're looking for someone who is a storehouse of divine blessing, really we should look to the child who Mary carries. He is grace himself. He is the one in whom is all heavenly blessing. But the reason Christ can offer this grace to the world has everything to do with the Virgin Mary. You see, Mary's virginity is vital to Christ being full of grace for the world. Mary's virginity is vital. It's triply underlined in Luke chapter 1. In verse 27, she is twice called a virgin before she is even named. And when she is told that she is to carry the Christ child, she exclaims in verse 34, How can this be, since I am a virgin? The virgin birth is a non-negotiable of the Christian faith. And this is not simply the assertion of a biblicist. The logic of the gospel demands this supernatural conception. You see, Mary's child is not the result of human reproduction. We did not produce the Messiah. He was a pure gift, as Isaiah chapter 9 says. To us a, a child is born, to us a son is given. And this gift from on high is something completely new. This child is not the son of men. He is the son of God. He takes a full and perfect humanity from Mary, but he is the true and eternal son of God, conceived by the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary, as the creeds say. This is really important. Stick with me on this, because this is, this is why salvation can be offered to us. Because this world is just full of sons of men. And that really is our problem. In Luke chapter 3, it ends by running us through a potted history of humanity from Christ all the way back to Adam. Luke charts our human family tree as a succession of men who give rise to more men. But at the top of the tree, we find something curious. We read about Enosh, who's the son of Seth, who's the son of Adam, who's the son of God. All right? Everyone else has been described as a son of a man. But in the history of the world, there are two exceptions. One is Jesus, the Son of God. The other is Adam, also Son of God. Adam was brought into existence when he had nobody above him in the family tree. It was just him and the Lord who formed him. He could be described as Son of God. Think of him in the Garden of Eden, standing alone. All of humanity was in him. Even Eve herself was in Adam and came out of Adam. 
And between them, they got together and the whole world came from them. Therefore, when Adam fell, he took the human race with him. And ever since, humanity has been born in Adam, born into his estrangement and sin. So the last thing we need is a Messiah who simply belongs to that slow march towards the grave. What we really need is something new. We need the original Son of God, the eternal Son of God. We need Christ to come as the second Adam, the man from heaven. We need him to be born of a virgin, to restart the human race in himself. And just as we were born into Adam's old humanity, so through Christ we are born again into his new humanity. As the carol says, he's born to raise the sons of earth, born to give them second birth. That's the meaning of Christmas. And it's the virgin birth that guarantees it. So don't hail Mary as full of grace, but thank God for her. Through her came the second Adam who invites the whole world into his new humanity. This is the fullness of grace that we all need. And it's the fullness of grace which Christmas brings.